When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I am with Honky. Uh, Welcome aboard, Athletic Director Bill Moose. Uh, Since you're busy taking food orders, uh, can you help bring back Amigos Crispy Meat Burritos to the stadium? Preferably with their delicious ranch sauce, the nectar of the gods. Ranch sauce for everyone in the stadium. That'd be a great idea. Uh, I'm also with Mac. Hello, Redcasters. I just want to remind you all, and in particular the Rileys out there, to get their plants in early because the forecast calls for an early frost. All right. And Boomer. I'd just like to say, I know it was only an exhibition game, but in the second half already, uh, Nebraska ball is already appearing to be in mid-season form. <laughs> they went on a nice little scoring drought there, didn't they, Boomer? Yes, they did. Just feels like home, kind of, you know, like a warm, comfy bl- blanket for the Husker basketball fans. All right, all right. Well, we'll cover a little bit of the uh, the Husker basketball season starting off here, but uh, we'll do that later in the show. Let's uh, let's tackle uh, the subject at hand right now with uh, AD Bill Moose starting his uh, tenure at the University of Nebraska this Monday. It was his first day in the job. He uh, started off with a letter to the fans and has already done a radio show. I think he's seeing his first Husker event uh, tomorrow with the soccer uh, match. Uh, honky. Uh, Mac Boomer, what's your sense on uh, Bill's first first days on the job? I well, I think right he's starting to bat. really uh, understand what he's got himself into. So I think the especially the radio call-in show was entertaining at best. So. I did not be able. And I wasn't able really to catch if, that. Yeah. Was it pretty good? Well, like Honky added, there were questions about food that came up and uh, several puns involving his name. I think he may or may not have heard those before in his career. I, I'm not <laughs> sure. But, uh, the moose true. is loose, and yeah. hot dogs are not warm enough, and runzas aren't good enough anymore. I no, guess, and, the, so. and the popcorn isn't up to standard anymore either. Oh, so. that's it. Seems like all but of those... He, but he's, he, he is on it, so no yeah. worries. Red seems Gatsby. like all of those would likely uh, be... Uh, they taste better with a win, right, Honk? I mean... Yeah, that's the first Every, thing you really everything tastes better when you're when you're seven and zero compared to three <laughs> and four. No doubt about that. I, or I definitely when you've had think a that twelve pack of Pabst in the parking lot before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. He definitely has a I think a a good pulse, or he's learning about the, the pulse of, of Husker Nation, and, and that that every detail is important to us. There's no doubt about that. But he really seems to have kind of the right temperament, the right. He's he's very open. The way he was doing his radio show last night is very much how Bill Byrne used to do his, which was call in, ask questions, ask let him fly, right? Yeah. yeah, this isn't. He's not. He's not going to be hiding like like some other ads that we've had in the past. So this is this is good. 
Mac, has there been anything that you've learned about Bill Moose in the last seven days uh, since we last talked uh, that's a surprise or something that you really think is a, a good fit for us? Well, he's he's certainly more interesting to listen to talk than, than I, of course, it was, you know. You know. That always seemed to be so painful for Sean to be, like, in public talking. And, you know, like, this guy seems a little bit more natural in his communication, which I like. You know, that that fits more of the style of the people around here, I feel like. Uh, I like how he's open to some ideas. Like, I, I'd be interested to think hear what you guys think about the uh, possibility of maybe selling uh, alcohol at Memorial Stadium. You know, Ooh. things like that that we haven't really talked about. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a couple things out there that could, could be of intrigue, uh, both with football and basketball, but... Uh, he has experimented with alcohol sales at Washington State. I don't know if he did that in Oregon or not. But, uh, guys, uh, Honky, what do you think about that? Well, I think uh, I've always thought that the possibility of getting uh, alcohol into maybe like Hawks Field or into Pinnacle Bank, into arenas where it's already being sold for other events, that's kind of like the gateway test. I don't think we're not going to start with Memorial Stadium. Could, I'm not saying that we would never do it at Memorial Day. I'm just saying before we would do it there, I think you'd see it being done in these city-owned, public-private you know buildings that are already doing it too, um, and and just see if it kind of works that way if they go that route. No, that's that's fair. Yeah, I mean you start small, see how it works, uh, how the reaction is from the fan base. Does it make a difference on the bottom line? Those type of things. Uh, you know, maybe alcohol sales at the volleyball matches will really get them in the in the red somehow or black. I mean, uh, Boomer, uh, you're uh, pro or con on things like alcohol sales? Uh, I'm certainly not opposed to it. I I know there's always concern from the fan base about oh, are we introducing something bad to the stadium? Uh, other schools do this. I mean, even it's not just the it's you been know, trending nationally, right? Yeah, the Minnesotas, the Purdue's have done it for a while. Even Ohio State is selling it now, and I don't think it has a negative effect on on the fa- on the fan base there. I've been to games at Minnesota. I mean, granted, they're not the most raucous fan base to start with, but yeah, after a few green green belts, green so belts, yeah, yeah it it certainly didn't you know lead to any you know ill effects. You know, if it's done properly. You know they're probably going to be eight to ten dollars a beer anyway, so you're certainly yeah. Not gonna you're be not going to go. I don't think at the game and, no. and especially a and, basketball you know, cut game. sales off a little early. Yeah, basketball doesn't really lend itself to getting it's two hours. Drunk. I mean, yeah, Creighton sells alcohol at their it's basketball true. games, and look how their program's been doing. Maybe yeah. that's the missing link. Maybe that's what we've been needing. Aha! It isn't anything like a coach or, or recruits. Maybe well, that's the missing part. Yeah. And the, and the, one of the reasons that we're even having this conversation was again that that's one of the things that athletic director Moose brought up last night on the radio, and at the time that he brought it up, they're kind of referencing how stadiums are having trouble, you know, selling out and, and getting people there and how do you how do you make a stadium at 90,000 people feel kind of like your man cave in the basement and alcohol's one of the things, it's not the only thing, it doesn't have to happen, but it's one of the the possibilities. And one of the other things that's been getting kind of bandied about and talked about here in, in recent times too is kind of the right sizing of Memorial Stadium to to go along with that. There's right. two ways to sell out the stadium: get more people there, or <laughs> decrease the the capacity and make it easier to sell out. So, you know, I don't know. We'll we'll find out. Yeah, I, I guess that's an interesting idea. So, right now we we max out at ninety thousand, give or take a little bit, right? And I think maybe we got to ninety one thousand one time, maybe twice. Um, and 
that that's a nice number to have, right? To say you have ninety thousand people, uh, it's cool to hit that type of threshold. I think it's a top ten, top twelve stadium uh, in college football, and, and really almost in the country, right? Because college football stadiums are the largest out there, almost. Um, if you go down, uh, maybe five thousand or so, you might create a, a more demand, create that wait list that we've had for years that we now are, are gone. Is that uh, make it easier on the athletic department to to just maintain that sellout streak and and even with a below average product on the field? Well, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, the product's got to get better no matter what. You know, I mean, that's the yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's his the, number one. I mean, I, I, I guess, guess that's, that's the number one job is, that he has, right? It is. I mean, why worry about right sizing Memorial Stadium if you can fix the football thing, right? And the demand for ninety thousand will be there if we're, if we're winning, right? Yeah. No, that's that's very I, true. I mean, I, I think that, the bigger question there to me is not really right sizing it and reducing it just to save the sellout streak. It's actually making let's start with the south end zone, and and make it better because it's it's not a great experience. I mean, you go in there. Yeah. Takes a long time to get to your seat. Hard to get down for halftime for a restroom and, and concession break or anything in between. And people expect a lot more these days. And, and I think we can deliver that. So I think that's the reason why you'd want to right size. If you lose a few thousand because of a better experience, that that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, South Stadium. Yeah, it's like flashing back to 1972, and not in a good way that most Husker fans. Oh want, my goodness. I don't think these days. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, what would, what would be the lowest you guys would like to see them go? I mean, if you could say like, you know, because like maybe like going half as high up on the south side and having like a cool mezzanine area, I'm like that would that would drop it significantly. But I mean, I don't know I what would be could, the lowest you'd be comfortable. That's a good. Anything question. under seventy five? I don't think I'd oh, want to go lower than eighty five. And I think if you built the the end zones up more vertical with with tiers, I think you could still keep a. A similar number as what they have today, but with a much better experience and probably some, a stadium that's a lot louder and, and looks better on TV. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've always said I, I, the South side needs to get done for no other reason. They have to finish the concourse at the very least, no matter if they rebuild totally or if they just try to renovate it. But on top of that, I'd like to see a second Jumbotron on the South side. I would love to see in the process of of upgrading and, and, and making it better and, and having ways to, you know, get people elevated or, or escalated up to the top rows of a new triple deck South side. At the same time that you're doing all those things to modernize it, I would love to see him take the, the four TVs off the corners and restore them to their, their original Memorial stadium glory, bring back a little bit of the history to the stadium at the same time that you're modernizing it in other spots. Sure. So yeah, that's, that's my, cool. my, and- my dream. And yes, I would also it, like yeah. to see them install some lasers to do those cool <laughs> three-dimensional artworks over halftime so we could have those on the reg. It's like Planetarium. I mean, it's got a laser light at show. This point, at this point, what else is there to do? I mean, these things are getting so flashy and bright. and the, I mean, it the, is the, the jumbotrons are getting so huge. I mean, I like what you're saying, Honk, about... You know, putting some pillars up just to see some what? stone. What if they you know, everything in there is just the flashing. jumbotron over the stadium? So just like, like you know, uh, floating there somehow. Like right? Exactly. Is that kind of what you want? You know, that, exactly. That would bring people you get, out. You get Daft Punk's light guys to come in and do our <laughs> halftime shows, and then you know we can get all the recruiting kids in on that weekend. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Smash success. 
All right. Well, I think uh, you know Bill Moose has plenty of things on his plate. Uh, I don't know if those two items are the absolute top of his list. He may have a few other things he's thinking about uh, over the next few weeks uh, and months that uh, will take his attention before rebuilding the South Stadium or adding alcohol cells. But uh, those things could be in the works uh, in the future. So good, good talk. Scarlet colored glasses. And now on the Go Big Redcast, let's dive into a Purdue preview. Let's do a little offense and defense all in one here. Uh, so we're doing scoring explosion and throwing the bones uh, for our matchup versus the Boilermakers. You know, Honky, I think you had a poll out earlier this week um, talking about not only this game, but uh, what the uh, fans' perception of of Husker football is for the next uh, five games on how many we'll actually be favored in. Well, what's the results in that right now? Yeah, so the the question actually on Twitter, it's, it's in you opened as a six-and-a-half-point underdog to Purdue. And wow. so we all know Let's the Huskers pause for underdogs. one second there. We're a <laughs> six-and-a-half-point underdog versus Purdue, who's also three and four. And just lost to Rutgers. <sighs> Um, yeah, we all know okay. the Huskers will be underdogs to Penn State, so that leaves us with three other games. So how many will they be favored in versus Minnesota, Northwestern, and Iowa? And your options were zero, one, two, or 3. And with close to about 400 votes now, uh, 43% said 0, 32% mm-hmm. said 1, 16% said 2, and 9% think that we'll be favored in all three. So in other words, basically about 75% think that will be favored in zero or one uh, of our right. remaining games. And they're, that is probably correct. It's probably correct. I mean, there's a lot that can happen before that Iowa game. Iowa could lose three more games, and we could win a couple of these, and that could that could flip. Um, but, yeah, uh, Northwestern is and Minnesota are, are pretty quick, so uh, Stone's kind of set on those. So, yeah, that, that's that's realistic. That's tough. It just seems Oof. like if, if we can be six-and-a-half-point underdogs to Purdue, it feels like we can be underdogs to any other team on, that, on that list. Not that any of them are great. Nope. <laughs> and and with the exception West of Penn State, it's not, there's not a great team on the rest of the schedule. But Yeah, I think but, I saw the stat uh, between the, the Big Ten West of, of Purdue, Northwestern, Iowa, and Minnesota. They like scored six touchdowns total last week. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so not not good football is being played right now. So you think we'd have a chance to win a few of those games during the bye week? Coaching staff, Husker coaching staff, in overdrive with uh, a lot of uh, positive things to say how, how the season is is kind of being rebooted here. Guys, are you buying anything here, or you think it's just a bunch of hogwash? Mac, you want to start? Yeah, I mean they're they're gonna they've been saying all the right stuff again. This this coaching staff is pretty amazing in press conferences. I know they've they've wowed me in the past, but now that you know it's just that it's that message board football stuff we're hearing. <laughs> Everything that they've been talking about on the message boards that we want to see is like whoa, magically. Hey, this week we're gonna try maybe a little something more at, at quarterback. Hey, we're gonna be a little more aggressive coming after the quarterback, and you know just yeah. What uh, else have they said that you re- think is responding to fan chatter then? Uh-huh. Oh, the the recruiting of a all of a sudden we're kind of recruiting a dual threat quarterback. So I'm like, oh, that might be a good idea again. All of a sudden, I mean, I I don't know this new focus on the run that they're gonna have. The we're gonna get, uh, gonna Divine. start. 
Yeah, he were going to give Devine the ball tons of times. I don't care. I really don't care what they say. I'd like to see good football. However that manifests, uh, that, that's fine with me. But I have, I have completely shut my ears off to anything they say. The press conferences, any of it, it's worthless. Fool me they, once, fool I mean, me twice, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, like, we, we've talked about it all the time. I'm like, I'll be happy when I see it. Not too concerned about it. I feel like they're in desperation, YOLO bomb time. So <laughs> we could, they, you know, who knows? All the red shirts are up for burning. I yeah, think, hockey, you've you been know. saying no excuses uh, uh, all year. And uh, you've been calling out to the coaching staff on not really following through on a lot of their, their press conference statements. Do you feel vindicated sometimes on, on some of this stuff? I, I just want us to be a top three running offense, Dave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we've said for a long time that that they win the off season and and they've also won the bye week. I guess they're saying the right things here. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about on offense. Just get stupid for a second. Just try something. Do a wildcat. Anything. Just be creative. And Mac was actually in in uh, in Nebraska this last weekend, so he and I were watching the Penn State game a little bit. And what was it, Mac? The second play of the game, uh, Barkley lines up in the wildcat and takes off for seventy yards. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just you know it. It, it just good. blows my mind. So now they're talking about trying to do a few more things like, you know, Langsdorf might open this thing up and who knows, maybe we'll actually see the Wildcat this weekend. You know, but just it, anything. It's interesting. You know, they're, they're starting to pitch this whole, it's not really year three, it's it's year one stuff. And it's just like, are you kidding me? Uh, you could have told us that at the beginning of the year, maybe, and, and built up the storyline, but not now. Um, do you feel like, you know, when Riley came in, he's coming off a nine and nine and three season by Bo. Uh, lots of pressure to you know keep winning. Expectations are are that you don't need to reboot. He doesn't have a quarterback in the system to in the program to run his system. So he adjusts for for Tommy. And do you feel like at the beginning of that season that he thought you know I can I can make this work and still go. Eight and four, nine and three. These next couple of years, and then get to year three, and I'll I'll build up enough, uh, you know, fan support that I can I could take a, a step back maybe in year three and survive that. But it all got blown up in year one where we go five and seven, and you have all those tough losses, and it just doesn't doesn't work. And the whole whole scheme of Riley of easing into his his scheme and building slow, as Mac has said uh, in previous shows, just got blown up in year one, and it's never really worked the way he thought it was going to work? Or is this just a terrible miscalculation by him by not trying to, to blow up the system earlier and getting his QB in place right away? I mean, just feel like something's not didn't work out the way Riley expected it, right? I, I guess I would yeah. say in year one, two things that – the, I think the BYU loss right away and a Hail Mary really set him behind the eight ball to begin with. But aside from that, I I, I don't want to go overboard and say that it was lies they were telling us, but but they were saying how they really wanted to, to form an offense around, around um, Armstrong that first year, and really they didn't. They, they, they went 0-5 that year throwing the ball 40 or more times. So five of their seven losses, they were basically trying to run the offense that they were running – at Oregon State, yeah, but they fair, were yeah. doing it with Armstrong. So at, at, if that's what you were going to do, if that was really your goal and your intended goal, then go out and get a, a JUCO transfer right away when you first got here. I mean, that would be the – and get him Anybody, in here for the spring fifth-year transfer Anybody, anything, a yeah. fifth-year transfer, Jake Rudock going over to Michigan from Iowa that year. You know, whatever whatever you do, 
that's what you would do that first year. Um, by the end of the year, that's where they got serious about running the football those last three or four games, with the exception of Iowa when they threw it 40-plus times and, and was just disastrous. But then they get to the UCLA game and they, they ran it 59 times to, or 60 times to 19 passes, whatever, and, and they were getting really serious about running the ball. And then they go through that next offseason and that's where they're saying they want to be the top three running offense and all that, and they came out doing that against Fresno and then it kind of went downhill to, from there. But I, I don't want to rehash all that stuff, but the point is is that this this isn't year one. This is year three. This is this is their year one where they have all their people in place, and and this is the worst football I've seen out of the three years. I'll just say yeah, that it shouldn't have took this is worse. Long, right? This is worse than year one. And the and the thing that that frustrates me a bit is is that what you'll hear is is that we are so set back because Bo just left him this horrible situation. All those nine win seasons, of course, but Bo left him this horrible situation. Okay, so. Why are we struggling right now in year three? Well, because a bunch of Bose players left after last year and we're having trouble replacing them. Oh, so I don't get it. We're, did he leave <laughs> us terrible players or are we struggling to replace what Armstrong could do at quarterback? These receivers that now we have all these young receivers and, and we had to replace all these great ones that, that Bo left us and we have to replace the, the great tight end that Bo left us. And, and you start going down the list and two years ago we had you know Malik Collins and we had you know, Alex Lewis, we had all these players, too. That's why we could go out and maybe win a game against a Michigan State and why we just can't even compete in year three against uh, Ohio State. I don't know. I just – I've said it from the beginning that, you know, I, there's no excuses, and I don't want to hear any excuses. And, and to the coaching staff's credit, I'll always say this about Riley. He's not – I don't think for the most part he isn't making excuses. The closest thing I guess I would even say is maybe the thing now he's saying that feels like it's year one. And my only issue with that mm-hmm. is let's talk about defense for a second. When, when Diaco got hired here, he said, Diaco's here to win now. We're here to, to win now with Diaco. And now that we're halfway through the season, he's kind of made reference that with, with Diaco's defense that, that uh, you know, this is, a, this is kind of a year one transition right. to, yeah. this, to yeah. this 3-4. And that's, that's kind of one thing I wonder about this whole transition year thing. It takes this, you know, we're transitioning from a 4-3 to a 3-4, and we're struggling defensively. And I was watching, you know, we were watching games this weekend. Nebraska had the week off, so we had plenty of time. And we're watching Texas, you know, transition from a 4-3 to a 3-4. And their defense doesn't seem to have any trouble at all with that transition. Their defense plays solid, solid ball. That's what's keeping them in right. about every game they've been in this year. Yeah, so they, they kept Oklahoma State a very explosive offense down oh, to, what, absolutely. 13 points? Yeah. yeah, kept them close in every game they've been in. So... You can't tell me it can't be done. I mean, maybe the talent gap is just vastly different. I know it's Texas and all that, but well, if the talent gap if they didn't have the personnel bad, to run it, yeah. I mean, you would have expected Riley to go ahead and get a couple of JUCO players then, right? Over the last couple of years, right? I mean, sure. there's other ways to think. get around that talent gap scenario, or just or recognize the talent you have and scheme for that. Don't try to stuff these kids into schemes they don't fit. Yeah. Well, and fits an interesting thing because I've used the bye week to go through some of our original uh, shows that we did back in April and May, our first ones. How do we sound? I kind of wanted to get. Well, I kind of wanted to get that 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 feel of like what were we thinking back then, right? And what we were saying was is that, and what we were kind of being told at the time was is that this defense fit more of a three four than a four three. Yeah, it, it was a right. perfect time to make that change because the players we had fit that style better. It's only now that we're not doing well that we're like, well, we don't fit any of it. Or we go out and we recruit four-star kids. Um, oh, gosh, I can't think of the guy's name now. The outside linebacker we got, uh, Thomas from uh, Florida. Yeah. You know, he's not on the field. And, and no. I realize he's not 
you know, he, he could use a redshirt year for size purposes. I get that. But the point is, we've got a lot. Avery Roberts was here all offseason. You know, we're not, he's not on the field. I mean, we don't, there's a lot of guys that aren't playing for for being talented right. players that got here. Whatever you is know. holding them back. Is it too complicated? This is offense and defense, right? And you see yeah. other programs where true freshmen make an impact immediately, and that does not seem to be the case here at Nebraska at all. Yep. We said after the Wisconsin game, they're running back, the true freshman that ran for 250 yards. Great talent. Don't get me wrong, great talent. I get the feeling that if he was at Nebraska, he'd be playing five carries one game, and the next game maybe he'd get ten, and the next game maybe he wouldn't play, and the next game, you know. He'd be that, swimming in the playbook. Like he wouldn't would know how to pass him. block. Yeah. Yeah, he'd make one mistake and be off success. the field for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's transition. I mean, this is interesting in the sense that our opponent here, Purdue, has a first-year coach who has seen some success more so than his predecessor, uh, Jeff Brohm, uh, former Louisville quarterback himself and uh, under the Bobby Petrino coaching tree, I guess, uh, has taken over the Boilermakers. And now they had a very disheartening loss to Rutgers, shocking loss, uh, losing 14-12, to 12, even though they out-yarded the Scarlet Knights uh, last Saturday. But they are 3-4. and four. Uh, It took him a lot less time to get his first Big Ten win than his uh, previous Purdue coach, Daryl Hazel. So it seems like Brougham has the Boilermakers going in the right direction already in year one. He's making a difference. What do we we see in Purdue here? Well, you know, Purdue is just kind of one of those mystery teams that I don't quite have a read on, uh, fully understand what they are. They've played decent, I think, from what everyone expected them, you know, given what uh, Brougham had in there, the reputation they've had. You know, they, they haven't been blown out by anyone in particular. They played Wisconsin arguably closer than we did. They were okay against Michigan. That loss to Rutgers was mostly just, you know, inexcusable, just an inability to score points in that second half, turnovers. I mean, they held Rutgers to like six straight three and outs in the second half and still end up losing the game. You know, just looking at stats for Purdue this year, I was kind of surprised at some of them. Defensively, they're actually a fairly solid team. They are limiting team's points more than I expected. Um, you know, points per play is something I always look for when I'm, you know, looking at games. And they're actually averaging points per play of uh, .284 is what they're holding opponents to, where Nebraska's yeah. averaging .446. So oh. their defense is quite a bit yeah. more solid, you know. Granted, they haven't played Ohio State, and when we, you know, pretty much allow them to march up and down the field whenever they feel like it, that, that certainly didn't didn't help our average, but that's part of what goes into it. We're just, sure. They're defensively more efficient than we are. Offensively, they're pretty pretty equivalent on points per play. We're .03 better than they are, so not a huge huge gap there. Sure. Honky, Mac, what do you think uh, you're going to see from, from the offensive side of the ball? Are we going to actually run the ball, as the coaches were saying, or are we going to throw the thing around the yard and match uh, Purdue's offense? Oh, I think you, uh, you're going to see us run the ball pretty early. I'm pretty sure they're going to they're gonna probably hammer that point because this is a very reactionary staff. And Seems to we be don't really way. know what we're doing, and yeah. it's just going to be. It doesn't even matter if it works, you know. It's just I'm so tired of them trying to find their identity. Uh, I feel like we've been patient, and now I feel like we've been duped. So <laughs> it's going to take. I, I, now listen, I can always come back. I'm, I'm I'm perfectly willing to come back if I start seeing better football. Of course, I'll turn around. But at this point, I feel like uh, like I'm just. 
I feel woke, as they say. You know, I don't I don't feel so, like these guys are so gonna fool me anymore. Two years ago we went to West Lafayette and we lost forty five thirty five, is that right? Or is it fifth what was the score? They, they scored forty five. They scored fifty something on us. Yeah, fifty five forty five. So, Honky, what's what's gonna be different this time around? You think I mean obviously different coaching stuff on the other side of the of the field there, but you feel like uh you know that we're going to try to try to slow this game down a bit and make sure that we aren't aren't uh, in a a scoring fest like that. Well, that was one of those 40 plus pass games that we had that that it year sure happened was. to be with the uh, Riker 5. Uh you asked earlier Dave if I feel vindicated at all about some of my, you know, earlier thoughts on the the staff and where I feel maybe vindicated is what I think we're going to see in this week. At, from week 1 and 2, I was like, why isn't a Zigbo out there? Why don't we have a physical running presence out there? And I think that they're definitely going to make that a priority this weekend. And they should against Purdue. They absolutely should. Um, One thing I would like to see is Jalen Bradley. I mean, if we pull the kid's red shirt, let's let him run a little bit. If we're talking about being explosive or trying something new on offense, let's let that kid get the ball. Oh, come on, Mac. He's had seven carries. That's enough. Well, I know. (laughs) Arresting him. Seven carries on the the season, yeah. The the biggest mystery is is the use of the, the running backs this year. It has just been... Befuddling. Well, if that's, if that's I, the, I can't wait to see the rotation. If that's the biggest mystery, Mac, then the second biggest mystery has been the O line and how we've, you know, uh, Kavanaugh's big on sticking with the same five guys, but now that that we're in reactionary mode, now the the news coming out this week is Matt Farniak moving into right guard. Um, he's more of a road grader kind of guy, so I think even more pushes that 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 idea that we're going to use this week to be physical and I think almost have that Fresno slash UCLA game plan this week against Purdue, which, by the way, is the right thing to do. And it's not just the right thing to do because it's Purdue. It's the right thing to do because that's the best thing that I think this offense can hang its hat on. Try to build a running game, relieve some of that pressure off of off of a, of a Lee to just have to sit back there and, and drop back you know 30-plus times, 40-plus times. It hasn't worked any better for him than it did for, for Armstrong or Fife. And so, I, I mean, I guess in that case, I expect us to have a really good offensive game this week. I, I, I do. Um, it could be a bit of a shootout because I don't think that Purdue's going to be able to stop us running right at them and being physical and, and, and play-actioning. And I also I, I have concerns about us being able to, to stop some of their air raid game. I think that they're going to sure. be able to – they're going to be able to put some points up on us. So I don't know if it's going to be 55-45 like the last time, but it could definitely be you know upwards of over 30 for each team. You mentioned the uh, the spread is 6.5. What's the over-under on pick sixes? <laughs> you know what? Well, I, he's kept that down for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so yeah maybe, right. Maybe right, we're exactly. trending right there. I don't know. So, you know, just one thing, you just, you know, I know we're kind of talking, we're expecting to run on these guys, expecting to see a, you know, kind of a pass-heavy Purdue sort of team. You know, looking at the stats, though, I've, you know, again. They haven't run the ball better, haven't they? They have, well, they're running it about the about the equivalent we are. I mean, there's really yeah. not much of a difference. They're actually slightly better in rush yards per game than we are. They're averaging 146 a game. We're at 133. And rushing defense, they're, uh, we're 70th, they're 71st. I mean, we're very identical in the run games on you know both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Uh, 
So they're probably a lot more similar to what we run already. I don't know. I mean, this isn't sure. the old Purdue of years ago where they're going to fling the ball 50 times a game or anything like that. Joe Tillman. And they did. And, 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 you know, you look at the game against Wisconsin. I mean, granted, Wisconsin, you know, fumbled a lot in that game. But they did hold Wisconsin to 100 fewer yards than we did. Granted, that's not difficult when we give up, you know, 872 yards a game to them or whatever we average against Wisconsin. So. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be quite as easy as we think, so it'll be interesting to see. What I will say is that this this isn't the old Nebraska, and by what I mean by old Nebraska is the one from September. Um, (laughs) This isn't supposed to be the old Nebraska either, that you know we are going to go out here and have this concentrated effort on on running the ball. Now, to Mac's point there, you know, do I believe it? I'll believe it when I see it. it. I'll believe it if I see it, right? But if I actually see it, if I see a concentrated effort to run the football, as in like, I don't know, twice in a row again something that we didn't do until the sixth drive against northern illinois if we can if we can actually you know try to impose our will so to speak i think that we should be able to do that against purdue I, maybe i'm wrong but but I, I i don't i'm not confident that we'll even see that happen that's my right. that's my what, issue is like what do you expect from a uh, atmosphere there in west lafayette tonight game purdue does sell alcohol there i believe at least some portion of the stadium uh, you know, I think Boomer and Honk, you both at times were planning trips uh, to Purdue. Uh, both uh, got got nixed, I guess, essentially. Do you think the Nebraska fans are going to show up in, in force out there? Well, we were going to go because a buddy of ours was going to go, and then once we lost a couple games, he was the driver, and he's like, ah, the heck with it, I'm not doing this. So that's that's why that... Right, but I'm sure that's a story that that's yeah. told by many people. I, just, I mean, I think this probably was going to be kind of the chosen uh, away game just for ease of access to tickets uh, usually and yeah. easy to, if you want to fly into Chicago or whatever, you could do that. Probably not going to be the case. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's the yeah. only Big Ten stadium no, I, I haven't been to now, and and I really wanted to go this year, but just isn't going to happen, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll see the sea of red like we have in some other away stadiums. No. That's just my, just my guess on this now. I hear you guys. All right, well, anything else on Purdue before we wrap this up? I'm not hearing anything, so I'm going to say that is a Purdue preview, and uh, we'll we'll roll into some uh, Nebraska basketball here next. Whether it's a car accident, storm damage, or a fire, when the unthinkable happens, it doesn't matter if you save money in 15 minutes. In this moment, it doesn't matter if your neighbor has the same insurance you do. In this moment, what matters is that your independent insurance agent and the company that stands behind them have you covered. Auto Owners Insurance, the no problem people. This is Alan Odepal, Odepal Insurance, at 4th and Grant in Yorktown Center. Insurance is our only business. You're listening to the Go Big Redcast. And now, Nebraska Ball. And now on the Go Big Redcast, we are bringing back Nebraska Ball, segment about all things Nebraska basketball uh we've uh, had the exhibition season started and uh, you know hunk uh we now have a uh a partner alan odopal insurance there who uh, sponsors our twitter poll Honky, you uh, released a basketball poll here a little bit uh what'd you learn from that yeah i just sent one quick out here tonight i uh, wanted to get some some feedback from the from the redcasters about 125 votes so far, and basically it's saying that last year we went 12-19 and 19 and didn't have any postseason uh, play, so what are your thoughts this year? And the options were uh, we'll win between 1 and 12 games again and have no, pre- no postseason, 
Or will win somewhere between 13 and 16 wins and maybe make the postseason. Uh, seven, 17 to 19 wins, which would make the NIT for sure, or maybe the NCAA. And then lastly, 20-plus uh, wins, a guaranteed postseason. And so it's 7% is the 1 through 12, 22% is 13 through 16, 55% think that we're going to win somewhere between 17 and 19, and 16% think 20 or more wins. And so when you kind of add up the top two, 71% of the respondents so far think that we're at least going to win 17 games and wow. guaranteed making the NIT and maybe make the NCA. So somewhere in that, that range. Those are kind of the expectations Redcasters have coming into this season. This is Tim Miles' sixth season, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, Sounds and, right. Uh, Doc also had six. Barry Collier had six. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that if Tim Miles does not deliver on a, a winning season, at least an NIT bid, if not uh, on the NCAA bubble, uh, it could be his last season. Uh, so Bill Moose might have, have multiple hirings to deal with. Um, Boomer, uh, you've been looking into this team a little bit and uh, followed the exhibition matchup versus Mississippi State. Uh, what's your initial thoughts? Well, I, you know, I just would like to mention it maybe uh, Miles' sixth season, but really it's his first season they're rebuilding. Oh, so right. right. Yeah. Well, that's so because he has four or five guys here. transfer yeah. every year. Exactly. So every year's a rebuilding year for us. <laughs> it's a completely I, new it, team, right? Yep. Really, you know, this was an exhibition game, so. It, Hard to read a lot into it, but man, if it wasn't just a microcosm of Nebraska ball for the last, you know, three, four, five years, had a promising start. Uh, we looked good in that first half, or sounded good anyway, from what we could uh, get on coverage wise. Scored points, making buckets. And that second half, we just kind of sunk into, you know, standard Tim Miles ball. We just got cold, went 0 for 13 from three pointers. Uh, went on some really nice, uh, you know, patented uh, scoring droughts where we just didn't score and let Mississippi State back into the game, luckily able to hang on. Yeah, there were some positives to take away, though. I mean, you looked at, we did show a little depth on the bench. You had uh, points from bench players like McVeigh and Gill were able to contribute. Uh, you know, Palmer yeah, the, had a great the, game. The storylines yeah. of, of this team, besides a lot of fresh faces that have transferred in, right, Isaac Copeland, James Palmer, Anton Gill's back, is even though we lost uh, three or four guys from transfers, uh, that the depth is the best it's ever been under the Miles uh, uh, regime. There should be 10 deep, uh, and they should have better outside shooting, which has been uh, supposedly a fatal flaw in Miles' offense, right? Without the the three-point threat, uh, they've been able to pack it in and really been ineffective offensively. So I think it'll be interesting to see if that can actually actually play out. James Palmer led us in scoring. Is that right, Boomer? Uh, yeah, he had seven, seventeen points in the game. Yeah, he had a he had a good game. Now Copeland, I let's just hope it's first game jitters. He was not so impressive. He only had four points, and I think he went like two for sixteen shooting. So wow, two of sixteen. Hoping to get a little more out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's hard to judge. You it said is. it's an exhibition, but Mississippi State is coached by Ben Howland, former UCLA. Uh, coach uh, who you know, ran into some trouble there, but uh, is a very good recruiter. I, I don't know how or why, but he gets some of the best recruits to come play. I think he's already building Mississippi State up to that. I don't know how experienced those guys are at this point, but I, you would expect that that's a better Bulldog team than we've seen in a while. So you could say that's a good good win for what it was. Yeah, I think definitely that probably the two takeaways that 
I'm looking for for this team is that the added depth, like Boomer said, but also the added length that we have. We actually have some some height. We have some some wing players that are now in the six six to six eight range. Uh, that should help us hopefully in some of our three point defense, which was atrocious last year. Uh, that Mississippi State team that we played, they we held them to one of thirteen behind the arc, including they missed their first nine attempts. So that's you know that's certainly a, a step up from a, from a year ago. But from that depth standpoint, like Boomer was saying, Copeland certainly struggled scoring. He went one for six in the first half, and Isaiah Roby, who's transformed his body to He Man this year. Um, he was 0 for 3 in the first half, and yet we still managed to score 48 points. So we've got different options now. We have some different options for scoring. Palmer clearly is going to be a guy that that I think we're going to rely on. Watson, he hit threes on back-to-back possessions and scored 10 of his 11 points in the first first half there. Uh, Evan Taylor, he's going to be a starter this year most likely. He had 9 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Nothing flashy I think we'll ever get out of that guy, but he's just going to be a a leader and a solid guy. I think he's a solid contributor. Yeah. yeah, and it's and, interesting. And guys like Thomas Allen, the the, the four star freshman kid, you know, he got his first taste of basketball too. So he went zero for one in five minutes, but he at least got out there and, and got some playing. And yeah, the, the theory with the depth uh, should be that that should allow us to avoid the scoring droughts that we've seen in the past, right? Because you you take a couple of guys out that are, are are missing their threes, and you bring a few more guys in, and at some point you're going to find somebody who's got a hot hand. Didn't happen again in the second half though of that game, so that's what I think that'll be well, a, a, an emerging storyline, right? Is like, will the depth help us stop those scoring droughts? I mean, on the plus side, the scoring droughts weren't the you know eight or nine minute ones we're used to in the past. They were more in the two to three minute range. So oh, if there's a plus, I guess. All right. Yeah, we did end the game on about a three and a half minutes you know field goal scoring drought, but making our free throws and you know put the game away thankfully. But so to put some positives. To sure. put some thing, yeah. To put some things in perspective with the depth, I mean, Jack McVeigh, McVeigh, he was the fifth player off the bench. I mean, he was our yeah, tenth guy. Your tenth guy, yeah. You know, on Sunday. So, I mean, that's you know that says something. I think right there, and just in general, I talked about the length of this team, but just in general, that this we have Jordy back at six eleven, and he's kind of transformed his body. We have Copeland now, a real power forward kind of guy at six nine. Tanner Borchardt is a guy that that we've talked about in the past. Walk and he's on, a, right? he's a walk on the Gothenburg kid, but he's six eight two sixty five. And if nothing else, if he can ever come in and give some give some minutes, if Jordy gets into to foul trouble or anything, and even if he can't give minutes, we've got Doobie OKK from uh, the. Who say that again, Hockey? OKK Doobie OKK six eight two forty seven. He's the transfer from uh, from Winthrop. He has a seven five wingspan, and he's the all time school leader in blocks there. And so he already had some blocks yesterday in their game and. He has a he has a really good dunk shot, and then he has a shot out to about one to two feet away from the hoop. So, um, any if we can feed him After the ball that. anywhere anywhere in that general area, I think he's. But but you know that's we. I mean we have that now. I I can remember years where we had Alex Marich, and then everyone else was like my size. You know, so it was. <laughs> you know, we actually with we, your we talent, might, we, with my talent. It, we might actually be able to step off the bus and 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 look like a big Big Ten basketball team this year. So I'm, I'm that part. You know, yeah, I guess we, this is the time to have the, the scarlet colored glasses. So. Got some uh, some radio silence from Mac here. I really want to know his take on this basketball team. Mac, what, what do you think, man? I agree with everything you guys said, but here's the thing: <laughs> I'm not really paying any attention to basketball podcast fans. I, I, I apologize. Um, but if we get good this year, I will definitely chime in. 
and then I'll have all these guys fill us all in on the stuff we weren't paying any attention to. Right, it's going like to be great. Playing the the role of average Nebraska basketball fan who doesn't pay attention. That is exactly I, yeah. Until I got to feel right. I want to be part of the people on this one. I really want to get the pulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're going undercover really as a typical right. Nebraska basketball <laughs> fan. Maybe you'll randomly Precisely. go to a Creighton game and not admit it and that type of stuff. Right, right, exactly. Call me All a Jasker. Right. All right, good stuff. Fighting words. Well, let's uh, before we end this segment, I think it's worth noting to running down the schedule a little bit. Uh, Boomer, maybe you could bring up the Husker schedule. It, Tim Miles never does himself a, a big favor on his non-conference. He usually puts himself up against, and it's part of this being in the Big Ten, you get these matchups with the ACC and the Big East, but... There's uh, some a pretty difficult non-conference schedule. I believe we have Kansas on the schedule this year. Is that right, Boomer? Oh, we do. Yeah, we have like Kansas and Creighton in the same week or two. So yeah, we've we've bitten off a lot this year. So just like we always do. So yeah, who else do we have on that? St. John's on it. Yeah, St. John's, uh, Central Florida. So maybe Frost might like to attend a game. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, their Boston College is on the schedule. You know, Kansas and Creighton, like we mentioned, um, we do start some conference games earlier this year too in December. Oh, that's so right. That's yeah. There are some changes this year, trying to wedge the. So who do we play in the first week of December? It's around the uh, weekend. Football Michigan State, of course. Yeah, we play Michigan State in Minnesota. Then we play Creighton in Kansas. So it's going to be a really, <laughs> really. Uh, oh my God! Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We start it's be a fun Big December. Ten play with yeah. Michigan State, the number one or two team in the country. Yep. And Minnesota, who's uh, a preseason NCAA yep. tournament team predicted and has four or five guys back. Holy cow. And then we follow that with Creighton and then Kansas. Wow. So. so I'd be happy with two and two. I think that would be good. <laughs> that. I, I would think the bandwagon will start early if we go two and two almost in that stretch. So Absolutely. Is... So we'll know, we'll know early, Husker fans. McGuire, you'll know before Christmas if you'll be a – yeah, a regular listener and, and participant in this or not. So Max, like wow. playing on. I look forward that, to that. That would be a nice Christmas present. It would be for all of us, especially is Miles. Like a, is that a Game Boy you're playing with, Mac? I mean, he's like laying back in his chair, and he's. <laughs> it's probably a phone. What what I'm, I'm going to enjoy this segment going forward. I think. Just going to listen. <laughs> Mac is absolutely uh, not paying attention, but that's that's all right. It, moving forward, listening for my name and food. <laughs> Specifically in the next week, we, we are hosting uh, Ohio or Iowa State October 29th in a closed scrimmage at uh, Pinnacle Bank. And then uh, Husker fans, they can get their first look at the Huskers on November 2nd. They uh, open practice scrimmage at Pinnacle Bank, and there's an event there that starts at 530 on November 2nd. So that's kind of the next week or so of, of basketball. All right. Maybe we'll see uh, Bill Moose there checking out the team. Very true. And the runs is, yeah. Yeah, right. Seeing if they should be selling alcohol at Pinnacle. Alcohol and crispy meat We'll probably know that by Christmas, too. (laughs) That could be another Twitter poll, Honk, is what do you want more at PBA this year, beer or crispy meat burritos? (laughs) I've got to make a third option, just both. I, I, and, <laughs> because don't make me choose. Don't make yeah. me choose day between right. beer and Christmas. If you, if you have burritos. one, you want the other, obviously. Yeah. That's yeah, a Sophie's choice for honky. So, yeah. <laughs> I had seven years of undergrad where I had to make that choice multiple nights a week. And, and, uh, yeah, don't make me you do chose it beer all too often. <laughs> That's why I had seven years of undergrad, Dave. <laughs> Dr. Uh, honky. All right, guys. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up and, uh, uh, you guys, actually, you want to head right into the games of the week? You guys ready? The pod predictions. 
Hey, I'm ready when you are. Let's so. do it. All right, let's let's talk games of the week here. All right, so we're we're back on our standard uh, ten ten game schedule here. How did we How do we last, do last week, week? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was it was pretty for a, a few of us. Honky, if by few you? you mean one. <laughs> yeah, it was not pretty for me. I had a bingo sheet going on mine, but I did say that Penn State was going to beat uh, Ohio or Michigan by three to four touchdowns, and Boomer immediately was like, "Oh no, no, it's not going to be that. It's going to be a lot closer than that." So, hey, maybe I lose six out of my ten. Still games, counts as I, one win, Honky. One but, win doesn't matter but, how you say it. But it's yeah, how far it's just I because take. Because they're smite doesn't add more. It's how far I take that points. win, though. I take that win a long ways, and I, I, I will continue to use it. Build momentum off of it. I'm trying to build off the sure, bye week, Dave. Sure. Give me a break. You got the uh, you got the UCF uh, win, correct? Right. I hope. I think I did. Right. I'm I not sure he did. No, I, I believe he picked Navy in the episode. No, no, but I did take Wyoming because why That's wouldn't right. I? I also took Iowa. Damn it, Iowa and Wyoming—they are. Yeah. They're well, I, I've done you a favor this week, Hawk, and taken those teams off of our 10-game slate, so you don't have to worry about that. I appreciate that. All right, well, let's get going here. Uh, let's start off uh, with another one of those classic Big 12 matchups that have been played for, well, a few years. Uh, Oklahoma State is heading to Morgantown to play West Virginia. Honky, you want to start us off with this? Ooh, that's a... That's an interesting one there. Um, Redcasters, you have to realize Hockey does not not prepare at all for the prediction segment. He likes yeah. to just go off the cuff. I'm actually hearing these games for the first time as Dave's saying them. No, I think at least Boomer and Dave at least are go- looking off the sheet. I'm not. Oklahoma um, State is ranked 11th. West Virginia 22nd. Okie State is a 7.5-point favorite. Now, Who's at home? <laughs> it's a neutral site game, which, Mac, neutral West game. Virginia, which has a higher altitude. Um, they're... Their head coach used to be the OC at uh, at Oklahoma State. Uh, that means nothing in this case right now, and yet I'm still going to go with the Mountaineers because of that. So, Mountaineers lock of the week. Early game Whoa. too. Getting that early. Yeah. Interesting. All right, all right. Uh, Boomer. Uh, Oki State rebounds. Mac. Oki State. I'm going to take Oki State as well, even though I think Hockey's got a, a reasonable. Guess there. West Virginia usually uh, plays stuff at home. All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Let's stay in uh, Big 12 land. Again, another one of these matchups that have been going on for at least five years now. Uh, TCU is heading to Ames to play Iowa State. Iowa State is ranked 25th in the AP poll. First time the Cyclones been ranked for, ooh, I don't know, what, a decade or more, guys? Probably about that, yeah. Yeah, TCU fourth, though. TCU's Seneca only Wallace favored by days, six yeah. and a half. Hmm. Boomer, you want to start? Oh, sure. I mean, this is a rebuilding year for the Cyclones. We all know that. So uh, It's Matt Campbell's TCU. second year. You can't expect too much from that guy. No, no, not, not in two years. Uh, TCU, they look pretty solid. All right. Honky, I think I know who you're picking. I would like everyone uh, on the Redcast to say, who did I pick would win the Big 12 this year? Dave, I'll start with you. Who, who did I say? Uh, I forget. I can't remember. They start with a T. They end with a, a U. Texas Access. Tech. Why do you take Texas Tech? That's a horrible Texas. idea. Uh, they have C for, I think C Wyoming is C in the middle. Picks, TCU. So, yeah. Point is, point is, uh, I am picking TCU here. But having said that, 
you mentioned it earlier, Dave, and it's totally legit. What Iowa State's doing, in, or Boomer, I think you were saying it, in year two of Campbell there, they right now they have a quarterback who uh, is injured. Their starting quarterback's injured. Their, their starting quarterback from a year ago is now their starting middle linebacker. He played both ways in a couple of games both for some ways. plays. It's when amazing. you want to talk about, you know, year Play one of Riley ways. or year three and excuses and all that, you look at what Iowa State's doing right now, and that's that's pretty legit. That's a, that's I, a I would walk-on third-string quarterback, essentially. Is that right? I, I believe right so. I Kyle I would Kemp. love to be in Ames for this weekend to watch that game. I think that, that this will be the best scene that Ames has had in, in, in a long time. But having yep. said that, I've got to stick with TCU because I picked them to win the conference, and they're doing pretty well. Yeah. I'll take TCU as well. Mac, what do you think? TCU. All right, keeping it simple. Uh, another another good game. This is ACC. NC State, also kind of a surprise team, versus a team that had a big win last weekend, Notre Dame, who just pasted USC. Mac, you want to start with this one? It's in South Bend. I'm going to... I'm gonna thank you. I'm going to take the Irish on this one. They're, they're starting to make a, make a believer out of me. Yeah. They are favored by seven and a half. Honky? Yeah, got to go with Notre Dame. Man, that was impressive what they did last weekend. Boy, they can run the ball, huh? Sheesh. Yep. Uh, Boomer? Uh, we'll take Notre Dame. and uh, Yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. I, I like NC State as well. and uh, I think Dave Dorn, Doreen is doing some good stuff there. But I'll, I'll take the I want to make that my lock of the week, too, now that I Ooh, think about you're it. You're taking it. All right, all right. Good move, Mac. Lock, lock of the week. All right, uh, let's uh, head down south, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get this right this time. This is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I don't care what you say. Uh, Georgia, Florida, in Jacksonville, Mac. It's in Jacksonville. Thank you. Mutual site. Honky, what do you got? Um, first off, did you pick the last game, Dave? Did you say Notre Dame or? I didn't know yeah, if you I said took Notre sure. Dame. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um. I I don't believe this, but I, I said early before uh, that Florida is going to win the East to play against Alabama, so I'm just going to stick with that. Plus, I've got to make up some game somewhere. I don't think this is going to happen, but I'm picking Florida, and that's how I roll. Georgia has <laughs> had a tough time winning this game, even when they're favored. I hear you there. But, man, 14-point favorite, 7-0 Georgia, 3-3 three three Florida. All right. Mac, you want to go along with that one, or you you use some logic here? I'm just gonna go with the dogs because, yeah, yeah, because I don't have as many games to make up for. That's right, that's right. I'm gonna save my Yolo bombs for later. I love, I am the Yolo bomb king right now, and I love that after I make my picks, Dave, you're not the first person to say, "Okay, nice pick, Honky." Who wants to use logic next? So that's not the first time that's happened. There are people uh, that Boomer. don't listen. There are people that don't listen to our show that just see the graphic that gets posted each week, and they must just think I am, I'm out of my mind. But <laughs> if they actually listen well, to the show, wait, I think the they people that the, listen to the show the think you're out of your mind, Hunk. So it's okay. Well, the Wyoming and Redcast and must be letting the joke, that Honky so. must be like a manatee, and they're letting him pick games somehow, <laughs> just pushing a ball into a hoop, you know, yeah. Waddling around. Uh, get get control of the show back, Dave. Get control. All right, all right. Uh, Boomer, cocktail party winner here. What do you got? Oh, uh, that's Georgia. Florida's a dumpster fire this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. I hear. I mean, they're saying that uh, McElwain could be in the hot seat for God's sakes. That's that's crazy talk. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna take in Georgia and uh, I'll do lock of the week on that one. I think the Bulldogs are gonna 
take care of business finally. All right, uh, let's uh, let's uh, dive into Big Ten land here a little bit. Uh, Michigan State uh, was able to uh, hold off Indiana last week, uh, heading to Evanston for Northwestern, an East versus West matchup. It's probably could be ugly. I don't know. Boomer, what do you think? Uh, Michigan State. Mac. I'm going to take Northwestern in this Ooh, one. Interesting. Michigan State well, could be right for pride. upset at this point. Yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, I think yeah. it could go. They're only favored this by is, two This is points. one of those ugly, ugly games that, you know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Northwestern at some point is going to put some kind of offensive performance together. They still have good players. Yeah, we'll Justin Jackson. I mean, they right. won last week, right? It's interesting. All right. Uh, Honky? Well, I definitely think the game will be ugly. Um I don't have Michigan State's uh, schedule in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they're looking ahead to their next opponent. And that... <laughs> Someone in the East. Tied in with some of the uh, the wins that come off of uh, Lake Michigan. I am giving this to Northwestern. Wow. All right. Wow. All right. Ooh, and another YOLO bomb, by the way. So. Right, right. Whoa. I will stick with Michigan State here, even though this is... this is That's a tough one. I can see where you guys are at. All right. Uh, let's head out West Coast here. Uh, Mike Leach's uh, Cougars of Washington State heading down to Arizona. Rich Rod has, has got that team turned around a little bit. Uh, talking about Yolo Bomb, looked like he would, might might have been out, but he went with a new quarterback, Cahill, Cahill Tate, I believe that's how you say it. And uh, guy is explosive, to say the least. What do you guys think? Wazoo, Wildcats. Who do you got, Hunk? Uh, I think Wazoo uh, uses all of the the learnings that they've they've taken this year in the last few years from Bill Moose, and uh, they use that as motivation, and they they take care of Arizona. Wazoo. All right, Boomer. Oh, this one's tough. That Arizona quarterback's changed a lot of things. He sure has. Uh, uh, let's go with the Pirates, Washington State. I'm going to regret that. All right, Mac. Wazoo. Yeah, I think Wazoo's three-point favorite. I, I'm going to take the Wildcats on this one at home. Uh, night game, Tucson. I, yeah. I will say this. Washington State, I never thought this would happen. They're in the top ten of defense right now. Yeah. You know, a, a, mm-hmm. a pirate team <laughs> You know, is a top a ten defense. That's a, that's a dangerous combination there. I didn't give Wazoo a lot of credit the last couple weeks, and, you know, I think I was picking them to get upset one time when you guys rightfully picked them to win. They they're a complete team. I mean, that's this is this is the best team. I'll say this is the best team I think Leach has ever had. Texas Tech or Washington. He brought State. in a, a new D coordinator there. Um, I don't know if it was this year or last year, and it's made a big difference. It seems like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's stay out in the West Coast really quick. Uh, USC Arizona State. Uh, USC favored by three. Also in uh, in Arizona. So it's a uh, big college football weekend down there valley of the sun usc arizona state honky i'm going arizona state i think usc that's last week throws up a lot of red flags and how are they going to come back from that kind of that kind of defeat arizona state's already shown the ability what they beat uh, washington a couple weeks ago i think it was so um yeah i'm going arizona state all right boomer yeah i like the sun devils on this i think usc's in danger of collapsing this year. They've shown a lot of weaknesses. Their quarterback has not been impressive. I, I think Sun Devils can pull this off. All right, Mac. 
I'm staying in Arizona as well. I think it's going to be too hot for him down there. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm going to be the uh, the opposite here. I'm taking USC. Uh, Arizona State, uh, that win versus Washington seems to be just an absolute anomaly. Their defense is horrible up to that game. I don't think they suddenly flipped a switch and became really good. I think they're going to go back to their normal Sun Devil defense self. So, um, interesting. All right. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's see what else we got here. How about uh, let's let's check out this this game in Orlando between uh, Austin P. Uh, we we all usually pick Austin P. games, but you know this this week they are playing Central Florida. I don't know why I'd have this on the list, but um, Dave, can I, can I can I interlude for a second? You are not allowed not. to pick. You're not allowed to pick first on this one because what <laughs> yeah. Dave does is Dave picks one. I've already picked. It's like. Alabama against Mercer. I'm going to pick first this time, and with my lock of the week, I go Alabama. So you well, don't need to do that this time. If you would check the recording, Honky, I've already taken the lock of the week. Oh, okay. Everyone else okay. is taking a lock of the week already, I've noticed. Who has not done a somebody. lock yet? Oh, my that would happen to be me. Oh. I, I think... I think I might select Central Florida in this game. It'll be close against the Governors. I mean, <laughs> well, Austin P comes to play. But I, I think Central Florida will pull this off. Can, can, well, so. can you get well, lock of the week? I'll give you the lock of the week if you uh, feel that they're going to get 50 points on them. Central Florida with 50 or more? 50 or more against Austin P. They're averaging like 47, for goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah, they'll get 62. All right, all right. Oh, I like it. Nice, 62, okay. All right, well. Anybody else actually want to comment on this? We're all taking Central Florida. What is Austin P's uh, mascot? They're five. The governors. The, the, the Austin P governors. Oh. They're out of the. Okay. Play out of Tennessee somewhere. Clarksville, Tennessee. Yeah. So yeah. you can take their last train to Clarksville. That's, yeah. There Ooh. you go. To play the governors. To play the governors. A Austin monkey's P. reference. Nice. Man. It is. You I'm like looking that? at the mm-hmm. ESPN uh, matchup predictor. It's 99.3% for Central Florida. <laughs> Could be the greatest uh, upset of, of all their, time. If somebody wants some to of their it. moms must have voted. Yeah. So you're They're saying like, they got um, a chance? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so little information on Austin P on the ESPN website. They don't even put up the season leaders for passing, rushing, or receiving yards. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, well, we'll see if Scott Frost's crew can uh, take care of business there. Uh, all right. Big Ten. Before we get to the Nebraska game, big one of the week. Number two, Penn State, visiting number six, Ohio State. This is to take control of the East. Big game here, big game. Um, Honky, you want to start? Wow, this is going to be an – I think this is going to be a clash of the Titans. Awesome game. Great for the conference. Great for the the, the Big Ten to be able to show off these kind of programs playing at a really high level. Two really big, uh, you know, coaches that have, you know, just big personalities – it's going to be a fun one. I'm going with Ohio State for no other reason than it's in Columbus, but I think these two teams are about as even as it comes. Yeah, fair. All right, Boomer? Yeah, this is a this is a tough game to pick. I mean, Penn State looks like a solid team. Ohio State's outside of that Oklahoma game, they've looked okay. They're breaking out some alternate uniforms I actually like for this game. Ohio State is favored by six and a half. Yeah, that's that's a larger spread than I anticipated. I'm not sure what to read into that. I think I'm going to take the Buckeyes. I'm not confident in that, but we're taking Well, Ohio State, yeah, yeah let's go with that. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Mac? Yeah, I, I feel like last week 
a couple times McSorley, I just feel like he he plays a little too fast and loose with that ball. And they made him pay for it last week a couple times, and there's just no way you can do it against Ohio State and get away with it. Plus, this team can run the ball too. Um, you know, Penn State's just too streaky, I think, sometimes. But if they put it all together and keep their foot on the gas, I give them a chance. But here, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I'm, I'm taking the Buckeyes as well. All right. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Penn State, I mean, the defense versus JT Barrett, that, that's the intriguing, right? Can JT actually play like he has against us? Or like how you played against Oklahoma against this Penn State defense, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, I, I, I'm listening to you guys. I think you're right. Ohio State is at home. It's hard to, to go against those guys and what they did to us. So I'll take the Buckeyes as well. But boy, not be surprised at all. If Penn State wins that game. So, so Dave, before we move yep. on, then because we all picked Ohio State, which very valid. What does it take? I mean, none of us would be shocked if Penn State won it. What do you no. guys think it would take? For Penn State to win this game, what do they need to do? What does Ohio State not need to do? You know, obviously, I'll, I'll start by just saying Barkley needs to have a big game. I mean, that that right. seems obvious to right. say. But you know, Matt, yeah, you what, get you get Dave covered it already. If they get JT Barrett kind of off schedule, off kilter, yeah. like Oklahoma did, Ohio State's vulnerable. I mean, they can be beaten. Yeah. That's been shown. I, I you know when he when he's clicking like against our defense and you can't stop him for eighty nine plays in a row or whatever it was then they look yeah he great. played almost I a mean, perfect game versus us so yeah. if J T Barrett plays an efficient game at quarterback and Ohio State can run the ball at all uh, they'll have a tough time stop Penn State will have a tough time stopping them and then at that point you know the home field advantage comes into play and all those type of things Penn State has to stop that Ohio State offense. I think if Penn State wins their their fifty fifty balls, which they throw a lot of, yeah. and they have a tendency to win a lot of those, yeah. but if they can come down, if they can win those fifty fifty balls, um, that you know they're they're almost impossible to stop. I mean, they really really are. So, and they made a living on it. I don't know. Yeah, they're pretty good. at I, it. I I agree. I mean that when we played Ohio State's offense, I mean our three four did great. We just didn't have the other four show up. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Penn State's just got to do better than that. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's talk about Nebraska-Purdue. Um, also a, a six and a half. I think I've seen it go down to five and a half now, so people are taking us, actually. Um, let's start with Boomer. What, what, what are you feeling on this one, man? Well, I mean, this is the other marquee matchup that the Big Ten has that weekend. You can <laughs> oh, nothing like a BT and night so. game in West <laughs> yeah. Lafayette. Yeah, I guess yeah. somebody had to go up against the World Series, so I guess we got that honor, so yeah. hurrah. Uh, again, this is a game I've had. I've wavered back and forth where I'm going with it. Stats lead me one way, where I think talent actually is another. Yeah, I'm gonna regret saying it. We're gonna go. Nebraska gets the win on the road, just to get our hopes up briefly. They win the game, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Twenty-seven to twenty-four. All right, uh, Mac. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just going to hope for some good things. I hope Tanner Lee continues to improve a little bit and we run the ball and all these great things happen and we tackle and people make plays on defense. So, eh, whatever. You know, I just I, let's let's go with the score around 24-17. I'll take Nebraska, hopefully. It's a hopeful pick. All right. Hawk? You know, I, I said earlier that we're not playing as well as we did two years ago even. And uh, I think Purdue's better than they were two years ago. And I don't know that I believe 
I don't know that I believe what, what we hear. I mean, the last couple of weeks we've heard a lot of good things again over the bye week, and I just I don't know that I'm going to buy into it. I'm going Purdue 55, Nebraska 45, same score from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, uh, good stuff. Wow. Good stuff. Maybe they. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I hope yeah. I'm wrong. Prove, prove me wrong. I, I, I'm going to be wrong on eight of these other ones, so prove <laughs> me wrong here. That's right. That's, That's right. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced either way with your guys' arguments. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was actually up to this very second. I was going to take Purdue, and I'm like, I just can't do it. It, is, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'll take Nebraska 20... 27 24 but that's not I, familiar dave yeah. did you say the exact same thing i'm sorry yeah weird it, that. that's okay yeah. it should I'll, be noted. i'll go 24 21 i don't care yeah. <laughs> it should be noted i have switched my pick back to nebraska after the recording i've done this that probably this week and that 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 was the white wisconsin game so that came back to bite me but maybe it's just best i, I stick with this and uh, nebraska will win it then yeah yeah take one for the team psychology huh? and everybody i like that yeah, everybody that's good it can't hurt. That's right. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, I think we did all right for a bi week show where we uh, you know, covered yeah. a few other things. So good job, man. Uh, let's uh, let's get out of here with some parting shots. Honky, what do you got for us? Wow. This is one of the first uh, first times I don't know that I really have one. I don't have anything written down, at least. No clever, witty wow. endings of the I, show? You know, I, I'll say this, and this is something I, I've said in previous shows. Um, no matter what, how snarky I get about certain things, and Riley is an absolute class act, and I just I want to continue to repeat that week after week. No matter what happens, I don't. It, it, we can lose the next five games. Riley's an absolute class act of a coach, and I do want us to treat him with that kind of respect. I know last week we talked about when he came off of the the, the field against Ohio State. There were some people that are heckling him. Don't do that kind of stuff. Um, you know, at the very least, if, if changes end up being made. They'll be made for the right reasons, but but um, the guy that we have in, in place here right now, at the very least, the guy he's he's I think he's doing things the right way. It's just not showing up on the field. Sure, Boomer, anything? Ah, uh, yeah, I just like to uh, extend an offer here to our athletic director Moose. Uh, once you get this whole runs the hot dog popcorn thing figured out, and maybe you know look into the coaching thing a little bit if you have the time. Uh, I do have some ideas to talk to you about with a Ewald Jumbo steam statue and maybe a Good point. Good point. Uh, Jim Rashke uh, into the Hall of Fame thing. Just just give me a call. We can I can give you the details. <laughs> have have his people talk to your people. Yeah, right. exactly. That would be great. All right, good. Mac, I'll just remind people that uh, you know football season they come and go pretty fast. So we'll try to make the most out of these last games we get. It's a lo- it's going to be a long, 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 long off season. I can promise you that. Yeah. So like enjoy started. the football while out here. Hopefully we can find some, some silver lining to this. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take a, a quick parting shot, I guess. And it says that a lot of the, the chatter I've heard uh, on radio shows this week and, and uh, social media is like, you know, part of the problem of, of Nebraska is, is the fan base is that somehow that we're to blame for the, the failures of this, this program and uh, whether it's our expectations or, or the, the critical nature of the fan base, whatever. And uh, I think that's just ridiculous. Uh, I don't think we're that much different than many other 
uh, fan bases that have had a long tradition of winning and success. And we know good football when we see it, and we haven't seen that for a long time. I think we're pretty darn understanding in many senses um, about what it takes to win here. And uh, all that talk to me is, I think, just ridiculous. So uh, here's to, here's a great fan base. Uh, let's hopefully uh, have something to cheer about this Saturday night. All right, guys? Yeah. Hey, and to that point, Dave, uh, for Scott Frost down there in Central Florida, there's no reason to stay down there because there's death threats going to Florida's coaches right now, and, and Florida State's been calling uh, for, for firing uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher. And he's won a national title game. So. We're way better than that. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. That's right. Beat Purdue. GBR. GBR.